Hello there, my name's Richard Plutel. And my name's Liz Walker. Welcome to Episode 5 of The Baked Canadian Takeoff, a podcast about the Great Canadian Baking Show. It's Britain Week. British Week? Brit- Britain Britannia Week? Week? Britannia? Britannia Week, I like that. Cool Britannia. Cool Britannia. Cool Britannia. How are you this week? I'm very well. I have uh, I have a little bit of uh, follow up on last week's episode. I have a retraction to issue. Uh, last let's, week, let's get I that said, out of the way. Let's get that out of the way right away. Uh, uh, <laughs> last week, I s- said that uh, those good good donuts that uh, my wife and I brought over to your house were from Glory Hole. Uh, they were not. Uh, Glory Hole donuts are very good, but those particular donuts were from Bloomer Bakery at Bloor and Ossington in Toronto. Oh, I, uh, okay. Thank goodness you cleared that up. Uh, yes, yeah. Um, my wife describes them as as kid hating donuts. They um they look like beautiful donuts, but they have like lavender and rose water and oh, other yeah, kinds yeah, of like yeah. weird flavors in them. They're yes. Like, yeah, you want that kid? Yeah. Here you go. Tastes like flowers. Still want it? <laughs> yeah, it burns like perfume, doesn't it? <laughs> I feel like that's a foreshadowing. Uh, <laughs> since I did the technical challenge this week and my kids were not impressed with brandy snaps. <laughs> not at all. What is this crap? Uh, speaking <laughs> of baking along, uh, mm-hmm. I really, I wanted to, uh, I wanted to try and improve my torchair from last week. So I made another torchair today. What? Show off. I did. Uh, do you, do you iterate on recipes? Do you like try again? Do you like try it week after week until you get it? Or do you uh, just like one and done? I'm kind of one and done. I find that often making it uh, exorcises the desire to make it from me, mm-hmm. <laughs> and then I and then I know I never want to see it again. I might try it again later, um, but I yeah the the whole idea of like doing it over and over and again to sort of fix the little tweak it it doesn't I I, I don't I don't have the time. I didn't, I, I, it wasn't, a, yeah. for me, it wasn't a no case of getting time. from like 99 to 100. It was from like getting from like 50 to, to like 80. And I felt like and I could it, do that. I felt like I could get a big, big jump. So what, what did you do? How, how did you, um, how did you achieve? So instead of getting minced uh, beef and pork, I got like, you know, stew beef, like chunks and I minced it down myself. So slightly, Ooh. slightly larger, slightly more random mince. You cho- uh, you did it, you hand chopped that? Hand chopped. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, and... I used a lot more dough. I used like one and a half times the dough. I think my dough was too thin last time. Oh. Uh, and I threw in about a quarter cup of duck fat that I had in the freezer, which uh, oh, which just, I think helps uh, any recipe. Yeah, yeah. I tried. Did I tell you that I tried your method for making pie last week? No. With with the great, like you were saying, you're you're all about the grated butter. Did you see Linda doing butter. that uh, today? I see. Yeah, that's right. I think we were talking about it because because Linda was grating her lard, and you said you grate frozen butter when you make pastry. So I tried that the last time I made pastry, and I was really happy with how it turned out. Hey. Yeah. So I learned something. <laughs> Thank you. Shall we move on to uh, this week's signature challenge? Uh, so a trifle is like a really kind of a dog's breakfast at its worst. It's um, it's 
cake and and maybe a, some jelly and some fruit and some a compote or jam or some kind of like fruity curd um and uh and a custard and sort of in layers kind of jammed in there i think some of the bakers did a really terrific job of making it look very attractive on the outside oh yeah for their for their signature challenge something that my grandparents did not do they just sort of chucked it all in gave it a spoonful of sherry plopped the custard on top and that was it and that was christmas um but I, I was looking at pictures of this on the internet and like they're really elaborate. They can be really elaborate and beautiful with like beautiful toppers on them and like design, designy looking like a kind of a, like a gorgeous flat top on it with, with sugar work um, and fruits and flowers. And so it, it, it start, it can start off rather like a pavlova, start off looking pretty amazing and like mm-hmm. with the first spoonful kind of turn into a mess, but a delicious mess at its Bruno, best. Bruno had a good line along the lines of... Uh, Trifle is like window shopping. You see everything through a glass. Every layer is well defined. If you cannot achieve this, then you have a mess. My, uh, my family's trifle was a cake soaked with sherry and then a layer of custard and then a layer of peach jello with like maybe canned peach slices in it. Mm-hmm. And then uh, whipped cream, and then the part, part I was most interested in, which was a really bad grocery store maraschino cherry. Yes. Yeah. And uh, why did your family make this? Because I, I know why my family made it. They made it because you know they were from England. Um, so my grandmother was from Yorkshire, and she worked in various institutional cafeterias in her life, <laughs> uh, preparing industrial quantities of food. Uh, and I am sort of the product of colonialism. Um, my How so? Pat- well, my paternal grandfather uh, left England to go off on a colonial adventure to go work for the British government in India. Uh, and they were encouraged to, uh, to marry local girls to help with the integration with society, mm-hmm. so he did. Uh, so my grandmother and grandfather on my father's side worked in a British customs house and that's where my dad grew up in sort of like the British government buildings of India um, and lived his life there and then uh, something or the other happened uh, around the 1950s and all the English people had to leave I'm not quite sure what was going on there Uh, and he he had been raised he had been raised to think of himself as a British citizen he had been raised to think of himself as British Uh, and so when he moved to England uh, expecting uh, a warm welcome in the arms of empire uh, it turned out a bit different it turned out the people in England did not think he was as British as he was led to believe right Uh, but that's where he met my mom who grew up in Yorkshire and Mm -hmm. um the, she she thought he was pretty fancy. Pretty fancy, and also the uh, Age of Empire was not kind to the the, the poor Yorkshireman. Um, mm. So uh, my uncle, his eldest brother, had already moved to Canada. They were thinking of either moving right. to Canada or Australia. And right. I think the family story is that my dad convinced my mom that they had more horses in Canada. <laughs> So they moved to Canada, and so that's here I am. Yeah, you know, like my 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 grandfather was 
British. He was English. He was English, born and raised in, in Lincolnshire. And um, after, he met my, my grandmother, who was who came from Toronto, but her parents had come from Scotland, so she kind of went back to England. They met, they married, and then they came back to Toronto. I don't know how she convinced him to come to Toronto. Perhaps she told him that there were more cows because they started a dairy farm. And I think my grandparents were part of that age of, uh, is a post-colonial Canadian age when um, a, a, a man with a British accent seemed fancy to people in small towns. Right. So my, my grandfather's always being asked to do things to, you know, and, and he had this, he had a beautiful voice. But I think people thought that he was smarter than he possibly was because he was he was just a man with a British accent who who grew up on a farm. The uh, the recent swing to the right in Britain has been very challenging for me because I will hear a British person on TV or on the radio mm-hmm. saying things. And because they're British, they sound smart. And I have to be like, no, wait a minute. This, this person <laughs> is an idiot. This is dumb. This is dumbness. What are they saying? Yeah. Anyway, trifles. Let's talk about some trifles. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, who had the best looking trifle? Uh, I think it was Vandana's. Vandana's looked like a kaleidoscope. She made those little uh, jelly bubble tea balls out of mango juice. Oh yeah, that's right. What was the booze in that though? Uh, I felt that the I felt the booze needed to be like up front. Like what what's your booze? And I did not see what Vandana's booze was. I wonder if they alighted over that. I wonder if it was a booze-free trifle. I wondered that myself because Linda also, she had her lemon raspberry microwaved um, custard, which was, you know, eyebrow raising. Yeah, I know. If you remember uh, when Bruno was on Chopped Canada, the microwave was his downfall. Right. I've never made custard in a microwave before. It works. It never curdles in the microwave? Nope. I wonder if that he was like, oh, not the microwave. Um, but they, again, alighted over her booze or booze-free right. trifle. I don't know. Maybe she elected not to. That's fine. Not everything has to have booze in it, I guess. Um, yeah, Sabrina also had a great-looking trifle she really she really took advantage of the glass bowl and she did some uh, jelly rolls oh yeah those jelly rolls look great yeah that kind of charlotte i think it's called a charlotte which is like a french trifle it's a little bit, it's much classier looking mm-hmm. but with they've got like the the rolls along the side and it's a, it's a very attractive look and yeah so i think when you when you really think about how it's going to look on the outside and really plan it it, it can look quite attractive some of them didn't look very good at all. Some of them looked pretty sloppy. Yeah, booze, cake, and booze. Cake and booze, cake and booze. Which is a fine thing. It's a good thing. Cake and booze. Um, we noted in our first episode that the judges seemed pretty, to be going pretty soft, going pretty easy on them. I don't think they're going soft mm. on them anymore. No, no. Um... I, think, uh, I think your thing has to be the thing now. I think your trifle has to be a trifle. Your brandy snap has to be a brandy snap. James got away with ugly but delicious. Yeah. yeah he, he got, got away, away with that. He got away with it because he had very good flavors, apparently. Uh, gin and blueberries, which I can't find fault with. Mm. And uh, who else? We had Terry had her peach snaps, strawberry rhubarb. I like strawberry rhubarb. 
And um, what else we had? Julian went with a... Yeah, Julian. He went with a chocolate ganache on top. Mixed berries and pistachio custard. Good flavor, but uh, there are no shortcuts, Julian. Next time, no shortcut, Julian. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> Which I was like, oh no. That was from uh, that was from him putting gelatin in his custard, right? That's right. Which is a legit thing. I think it's a Bavarian custard when you put gelatin in it. Bow. I just landed some Bavarian custard on you. Fairly continental, though, not uh, not proper British. Mm. It is not proper British, but you know that's a that's a what when when something is proper British, that's a that's a shifting goalpost. I think that's true. What is proper British? This week, uh, because of a Twitter question, what can you mention uh, without saying how old you are that will say how old you are? Uh, I was reminded of the TV show Just Like Mom. Did you get Just Like Mom? Yeah, I remember watching that show for sure. Uh, I, I, you know, honestly, I kind of t- the only thing I took away was that maybe they all won rice roni at the end. I think they all won rice roni, and there was a you, like the there was three teams: a mom and a kid. And it's yeah. sort of like newlywed style questions where they ask the kid a question, and then the mom has to guess how the kid would answer the question. Yeah. Um, but then there's a there's a baking component to this. This is totally relevant. Yeah. Um, <laughs> they put the they put these kids, these young kids, like they're like in grade one, uh, in front of like a table of ingredients, and they say, "Make a muffin. Here's a recipe." And then the kids throw in like molasses and Smarties and raisins and ketchup, ketchup and eggs and mayonnaise. Because their mom has to eat it, right? Isn't that the deal? Yeah, and then and then they bake them, and then the moms eat all three and try and guess which one was their kids. Right. And oh, I this think... one's got French fries in it. It must be Johnny's. Exactly. I I yeah. think it's a bad show that gave me some bad ideas about cooking as a kid. I think it was like... really. It was just like, you know, throw as many things in as you can in 60 seconds. Don't read the recipe. Right. And uh, and then someone will make fun of you for not doing a good job. Mm. Before we move on from the trifle challenge, I have one more thing mm. to say, which is, hey, they yes. made some jam. Are you happy now, Twitter? They made some jam. Hey, can we talk about his? Um, can we talk about Dan's tiger sweater? Oh my God! It's can we talk about Dan's sweater. tiger sweater for twenty minutes? Can I get that tiger sweater? Is there somewhere I can go on the CBC website to buy that tiger sweater right now? And the fireworks sweater was pretty great too. I don't know what kind of a day they were having that uh, required sweaters, but it was uh, the sweater. Yeah, they were both pretty great. And during one session of judging, Bruno had what I thought was a really good vest, and he had a really nice uh, little beaver pin. I don't know if you saw that. He he had a vest. Yeah, he was wearing a vest, oh. uh, and oh. then it had like a little uh, a little cartoon beaver pin, which I thought was really cute. Oh, that is that's a, you know what vests and pins. I don't know when was the last time you wore a vest and a pin, Rich? <sighs> a couple of weeks, probably. Um. So the brand, the technical challenge this week was brandy snaps. Um. I don't think I've ever had a brandy snap. I, I've I've had f- like five or six of them today. <laughs> uh, so a brandy snap is this weird little thing. Um, 
I mean, you saw them make it, and it's like this, they make this little, like, hot batter, and then they pour tiny little teaspoons of this hot batter onto a baking tray, and then they bake it, and then they take... They bake it for like eight minutes and then, you know, and they pull it out and then it's got this like weird little molten pancake that you very quickly have to pick up carefully and wrap around a wooden spoon handle and it's hot and you're like, ah, 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 ah. There's going to be tears. Burn fingers. Burn fingers for sure. And you're trying to move quickly because as the little hot, pancakes are cooling down, they are losing um, their malleability. Right. They start out hotter than hot, right? It's molten sugar. Hotter than hot. It's molten sugar. It's sugar and butter. And it's just, and it's been boiling in in an oven for eight minutes. And and then you have to use your fingers. You need your fingers to get them wrapped around and hold it just for like a couple of seconds to press around the handle of a wooden spoon. So you can make that cigar shape. It's got to kind of cover. It's got to stick a little, right? You got to like the ends have to wrap around. And then you then you wheel it off, and then you get the next one on you. Yeah, and so yeah, so there there the there are these things, these brandy snaps, and so I I made them. And as soon as dinner was done tonight, I whipped up some cream. And I piped them into, and the kids were all like, what's going on? <laughs> I, 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 I whipped cream. There are these things, these golden things. I keep telling them not to touch them. I pipe them in, and then I put them on a plate, and I'm like, there. And they were just disappointed. <laughs> just like, I don't, I don't like it. What is it? I don't. And they're like, they're like very tentatively trying to lick the whipped cream out of it. This really seems like a thing I should like. Crud- yeah, it's, it absolutely looks like it should be good, but they were just like, uh, uh. <laughs> I don't, I don't like the, I don't like the, and I'm like, you don't like the cookie part? They're like, I don't like, I don't like any of it. I'm like, okay, fine, just go. <laughs> so, how did you? That feel was about my them? experience. Um, they're okay. They're 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 uh, under the circumstances, way more effort than they were worth, I think. But also, also, my effort included going out and getting Lyle's Golden Syrup. Yes. And one of the things that I noticed was that they were just using regular old corn syrup Yep. as part of the technical challenge. And I, because I was, I was researching this ahead of time, I figured it was going to be the technical challenge. And, and the recipes that I was looking for seemed to call for golden syrup. And I actually thought that I, I was like, I could just use the corn syrup that I have in my cupboard. But apparently corn syrup is not the same thing as golden syrup. Golden syrup no. is this thing. It's this thing the British call treacle. Yeah. And it's it's started out as a byproduct of the sugar manufacturing industry? Yeah. I read the Wikipedia article trying to understand how sugar gets made. And I, I didn't. I didn't get it. But yeah, and it, the the can is gorgeous. I'm going to keep it and put I don't know, band-aids or something in it. God, it's 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 this beautiful gilt can and it's got just I was like looking at it. It's just got the craziest artwork on it of of a lion and it says um from from what is it? From strength comes sweetness. It's From a dead lion. It's a dead lion with, with bees buzzing around it. Yeah, exactly. 
He was a he was a Victorian patriarch with a big beard and a Bible in his hand. And it's from the book of Judges where Samson is going to a wedding, I believe, and he kills a lion with a with a the ass the jawbone of an ass. Oops, almost got that wrong. <laughs> and then he's walking back past the lion later and he sees that there is a honeycomb inside the lion's dead body. And then he goes to the wedding that he's here to go to, and he tells them this riddle about the the dead lion. That's that's the, the kind of speech you can only get away with when you're king. <laughs> I, well, Samson was um, Samson was the one who had like mega strength as long as he didn't cut his hair. Ah, uh, okay. So whatever joke he's like the Rock. Whatever jokes <laughs> he made, everybody found really funny. Right. Yeah. So anyway, they put him on the cover of, the, of this this can, the can of of of, of treacle. Huh. There you go. Uh, I just uh, have one more thing to say about the technical challenge, which is oh that, yeah yeah. Um, Julian says he's never seen a brandy snap before. I've never seen, eaten, or have any idea what a brandy snap is. Which means he didn't watch a lot of episodes of Great British Bake Off, I guess? That's right, that's right, because I've seen it on Great British Bake Off, man. I feel like I would do that prep. Yeah, I, w- I, I, would, I would watch every episode. But and... I'm never going to be a contestant, so this kind of this talk is... Well, you don't know that. Worthy. No, I'm not going to do that. Oh, you could be on Celebrity uh, Canadian Bake Off. <laughs> uh, <laughs> what would your charity Rochelle... be if you were on uh, Celebrity Canadian Ooh. Bake Off? Ooh, okay, so I'm a Canadian celebrity, and I yeah. need a charity. Yeah. I'd just punt. I'd just go Amnesty International. Oh, man, I was going to make a joke about uh, former Much Music VJs. <laughs> <laughs> the, the retirement home for Erica M. and Master T. and Exactly. Yeah. Call, what would they call? They call it uh, electric circus. Yes. Yep. Correct. You got it in one. <laughs> and so, when we came out of the yeah, when we came out of the technical challenge, what was the ranking? Uh, Julian and Bandana were in the bottom. Uh, Terry came in second, and Sabrina came in first. Right. Linda yep. got uh, Linda got a bit rattled by the technical. Challenge. I know. Yeah, Linda. I think there. we saw we saw her stumble sort of for the very first time here. She's been kind of rolling along. If I can uh, skip ahead a little bit to the high mm-hmm. challenge, there was a bit where where Linda Linda seemed a bit stressed out, and I started to mm-hmm. think. I started to look, and I started to see her, and I thought, is is Linda Terry plus a few years plus a few years and some grandkids? Ooh. <laughs> like a bit, a, like a bit more certain of herself, a bit more baking experience under her belt. Mm-hmm. Got, got got kind of more of a calmer handle on things, but still right there under the surface. I think I that's that, a really good question. That's how I am. So <laughs> always looking into the future, and also. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Would you describe the Showstopper Challenge for us? The Showstopper Challenge was a tea time, high tea, tea time fancies for a high tea. Um, so a high tea 
is so there's actually a couple of teas i went down a tea time hole trying to understand wrap my wrap my mind around the tea time thing uh so there was like afternoon tea also known as like a low tea and i think this is kind of like this was apparently um fancy people fancy people with leisure time uh, who were feeling a bit peckish because they didn't eat until 8 p.m. Oh. So they're getting lightheaded in the afternoon, so they need a little, they need a little, mm, and so they get their servants to bring into their bedroom um, and put it on a low chaise, um, a tray of scones or little fancies and a, and a, and a pot of tea. And then, and then, your, your, your fancy ladies have got their fancy lady friends over and then suddenly you're having like afternoon tea party and all your friends and all your scones and all, you know, all your tea. So this is all happening. So that's one version of tea. And then there's high tea, which is a little bit later in the afternoon because it's a working man's tea. And working man's tea would be guys have come home from the factories or the mines and they're hungry and they're dirty and they just want to eat something right now. And so they're sitting at a table and they're getting a savory and they're getting some other things, some sweets. So they're getting a savory and they're getting some sweets. And this is it, this is what they're eating. They're not eating something else. There's no like later dinner happening or as they would call it supper. Yeah, um, yeah. and that's high tea. But as we've been talking, these ideas of what is British kind of merging with this like weird classiness, this post-colonial mindset of British equals classy, this high tea has become, and, and, and it's the same in England as well. Like I was looking up, like you want to go to like a fancy high tea at Claridge's or something in London and spend a lot of money and people will bring you fancy teas and fancy little doodads. And it's the same here. Uh, you can go to the Windsor Arms and you can have a high tea here in Toronto. And uh, there, somebody will bring you um, a three-tiered um, serving platter thingy and it's got little doodads on it. And there's little things with like some cheese and there's little things with like a little salmon puff. And there's, a, there's pastries and there's a sort of pastel colored and it's all very kind of non-threatening. And you've got three layers of them, and, and they bring you, you pick your pot of tea of choice, and they'll bring it to you. So this is tea. So the idea, the challenge is make the little doodads. Kind of for your free reign. Free reign. Make some doodads. You can make pastries. You can make little finger foods. Hors d'oeuvres. How was uh, that? That was great. That was fantastic. <laughs> Have you ever done a high tea? I have. I, uh, like, probably 12 years ago now, uh, your wife, not your wife at the time, your wife, Heather, and I went and had high tea at the Windsor Arms. Oh. In Toronto. Yeah. How was it? It was weird. It was weird. We were sort of tittering, and we're like, hee, look at what we're doing. This is so funny. And then we get in there, and it's a lot of um, older women, older white women, in little groups of maybe two um, around these tables and they're ordering their teas and, they're, and they're, they're having these petit fours brought to them by waiters who are all men of color. Huh. Uh, entirely. That's a weird coincidence. 
it was it was just like whoa what oh my god what is happening <laughs> because suddenly we thought we were like we're like pretending and this was I guess kind of a Downton Abbey kind of like fantasy I guess mm -hmm. but then it got dark real fast because it, it was just, it was just like oh my god this is really weird I, I did not I did not count on this happening and now I feel really kind of uncomfortable we've so uh, that was that was my experience <laughs> we've um we've we've done tea on uh, on on some of the cruises that we've been on my wife and I Mm -hmm. um, and it's it is not in place of supper. It's it's like the fifth or sixth meal available during the day, uh, mm -hmm. and it took us a, it took us a while to figure out that it was there. You get like a little newspaper pushed under your door with all the things that's that are going on, and one like mm -hmm. one of the line items is like high tea, three o'clock main dining room. Mm -hmm. um, and there because you are, might be peckish. You might be peckish uh, if, if, if you are caught in the half hour that the buffet is closed. Um, and the crew, the, the front desk facing crew on this cruise line are all uh, pretty much all Indonesians. Um, so it feels right. very colonial. Um, right. The age on this cruise line, Holland America, skews pretty old, skews towards the retiree. Yep. Right. Um, and, they'll and white. Do, I'm assuming white. They'll do they'll do different theme teas. They'll do like pretty regular teas, but they'll do theme ones. They'll do an Indonesian one, and um, mm -hmm. one of the ones they did on the last cruise we were on was a cupcake tea, uh, and we happened to have a, a hole in our schedule, so we went to the cupcake tea, uh, and we sat down uh, at a big table, a big table of eight or twelve. Um, we sat next to some of our cruise friends from Name That Tune Trivia. And some people, some American people we didn't know, uh, and a couple of uh, European uh, travelers on this cruise, and they mm -hmm. sat down and they brought us the uh, the savories, and then they started bringing us the cupcakes. And uh, the European woman turns to Heather and says, "This is cupcake," and Heather says, "Yes, this is a cupcake," and she says, "Oh, for children." Uh, yes. <laughs> and we yeah. said, yes, yes, we, yes, yes, yes yeah, this basically. is what, this is what we North Americans like is food for children. Yeah, exactly. Nailed it in one European lady. <laughs> uh, but let's talk about the great Canadian baking show. Mm-hmm. And that high tea. Yes. That, that very nice high tea. Uh, there were some really interesting looking things going on. Sure. Um, did you know that a bacon topper was a thing? I did not. I was I was shocked and intrigued. Yeah. So Terry had bacon toppers. On, I think it was she had bacon toppers on her butter tarts. Did I get that right? Because that's that's what it's kind that's, of amazing. That's what it sounded like to me. That's what it says in Jeez my notes. Yeah. yeah. So I did, I did a full stop when I when I, I was like stop everything. Um, Linda had um, bison Yorkshire puddings and goat cheese lemon scones and some salty chocolate squares, which also looked very nice. Those and chocolate squares looked perfect and, and pretty great. I know she made them, which I'm. Yeah. I don't know what what I don't know. Yeah, we didn't, we didn't know, even like get to see that. They we didn't even see how that happened. She just like bloop. They just came out of her. She just picked them, plucked them from the air. Bandana took a pretty interesting tack. She did a uh, mm. sort of colonial Maharaja high tea with um, 
some sort of Indian theme sweeps. Right, Are they Indian theme. They seem that way to me. Sub, there was sub, a Dokla subcontinental. Yeah, a Sandesh, which was a, a sort of a milky truffle-y thing, and a a Gujia, which was a deep fried dumpling, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, they were really they were really neat, and I thought the whole she kind of turned the whole idea of a high tea on its head a little bit, which mm-hmm. I thought was nice, and it was beautifully presented. Beautifully presented and beautiful pastel colors and nice decoration. Yeah, yeah, it was it was pretty great. And then in contrast, the actual British person uh, on the show, James, yes. his his flavors were very very sort of traditional English. He had a beet Wensleydale sandwiches and some orange whiskey cheesecake, yeah, and a little baked cold tart, but very informal looking, like pretty rough around the edges. Very informal looking and, and as he acknowledged, a poor choice of uh, presentation. Yeah, it was a little bit, it was, yeah, bit rough, bit informal, as Mary Berry would say. And Sabrina did peach on peach on peach. Peach on peach on peach. Did you think her amarettis look like butts? Yep. Yeah, they look like butts, didn't they? <laughs> they look like butts, <laughs> with a little bit of a uh, little bit of green paper sticking out of them. <laughs> Did you notice? I mean, cute Sab- butts, cute butts, cute, cute, totally cute butts. Did you notice Sabrina's uh, dress that day with like sure the did. long flowy sleeves? That seemed like a poor baking choice to me. I mean, flowy sleeves. I just, I'm afraid they're gonna get in to the to the batters into the food into the into everything i mean it seemed fine but it seemed seemed like a yeah i mean it seemed like a strange choice i would have i think i would have been hiking them up over my shoulder because she kind of had cutaways in the shoulder so i'd be like pinning them up to get them out of the way and be like oh i've got i got peaches all over me (laughs) and then julian he had an east coast inspired uh, selection. Um, he had a beautiful blueberry platter. Grunt. Yeah. Blueberry grunts, which is a sort of a dumpling, dumpling over a compote, which is, uh, I think, I think he said it was a Newfoundland specialty. I've never had a grunt, so I'll take his word on that. Uh, smoked mackerel pate yeah, that he per- made himself. Caught, caught like, and smoked himself. What? Yeah. And uh, some really gorgeous looking apple tarts. Mm. Do you see them? Yeah, yeah, it was like a smoked the, caramel, like a caramel, salted caramel. caramel apple tart. Yeah. The nice apple yeah. rose on top. Well, yeah, really beautiful apple rose, and yeah. so that looked, that looked really nice. Here, like editing this podcast and then listening to it and hearing myself talk mm-hmm. has been a pretty mm-hmm. strange experience for me. It's not something I have a lot of experience with. No, um, most people don't. I imagine it must be pretty weird to see yourself on TV. Oh, I was thinking that. I was looking at I was looking at James' expression at one point as uh, the judges were talking to him, <laughs> and he just had this expression. I was like, I that would be weird to see your face mid thought, like going. Do, eh. <laughs> do you do you think they get makeup? They must get like a little foundation and a pat down or something. Well, I mean, the ladies are wearing like some makeup, but that, but like camera makeup, but or that, just, it's just regular makeup. I don't know. It looks like I mean, it looks like just regular makeup to yeah. me. They, they look pretty regular. Like they look pretty normal. I don't know. It's a good-looking group this of makers. Well, I mean, but it's not Master Chef. Have you seen the people on Master Chef? No. They are wearing 
They're wearing pancake. Hmm. They're wearing pancake on their faces. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Um, yeah, no, I think it's a, it's a, it's a little more natural. Yeah. Looking. And then, yeah. And sometimes with those expressions that they're, with their faces are making, they they look really, really, really natural. And I would just hate to have a big screen TV. Yeah. And see my own face. Yeah. <laughs> Doing that. Yeah. Well, should we go to the results? Yeah, I guess. Uh, this week, our star baker was Vandana, who turned into the turned in that beautiful trifle and did okay in the technical and then turned in that great high tea. And uh, this week we lost my uh, my my pick. We lost uh, Julian. Just uh, just a bit of bad luck and a bad day. Well, thanks for listening to episode five of the Big Canadian Takeoff. You can find us online at bigcanadian.com on Twitter at Bake Canadian and on Facebook at facebook.com slash Bake Canadian. Our theme music is Dog Politics off the album Mood Music for the Apocalypse by Elvis Herrick. If you're enjoying the show, please consider telling a friend, share the link, or leave a review on iTunes or your podcatcher of choice. Bye. Bye. Mm-hmm. <laughs>